Welcome to Still Becoming, a podcast about how it's never too late to become more free, more yourself, or try something new. I'm Monica DiCristina, a wife, mother, and practicing psychotherapist. Through my own struggles with my anxiety years ago that led to my professional work as a therapist now, I am fascinated by the process of how we become who we are. We will explore the topics of becoming, of unbecoming, and overcoming through interviews, unpacking mental health topics, and stories. You are not designed to stay the same. Your story is still being written. We are all still becoming. I am so excited to have author Kayla Craig on the Still Becoming podcast. Kayla is back on the podcast. She's been here before to talk about a previous book. Kayla is the creator of Liturgies for Parents, and she is the author of a brand new book called Every Season Sacred, Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul and Nurture Your Family Throughout the Year. Just like Kayla's other work, this is a beautiful and kind and accessible and inclusive book about faith for parents and a way for families to walk through different seasons and different rhythms together. I love the way that Kayla engages with parents by being a companion for them rather than adding another to-do list on their item. I told Kayla in this conversation that I talked to so many parents about their struggle to find a way to talk about their faith with their kids that feels very congruent with where they are right now. And I feel like this book does that. It does that because it also allows for the reader, the parent, and the kids to be exactly where they are and to use this book as a resource in that process. In our conversation, we talk about so many things, including the idea that everything is sacred. And Kayla uses this beautiful phrase about that idea that it's right now. It's not in the future for those of us that are always thinking 10 steps ahead. It's right now. And we can experience God in the right now. So if you're a parent, I find that this book will be a resource for you. And this conversation will be a light and an encouragement to you. I can't wait for you to listen to my conversation with Kayla Craig. Kayla, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. I'm so excited to connect with you. As I was telling you offline, I'm such a fan of yours in so many ways, and I'm just excited to be together, and I'm really excited about this new book, honestly, for myself personally and for my family and just for everyone out there who will read it. So I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about yourself to start, and then we'll dive in. Oh, thank you, Monica. It's so fun to be here again. Thank you for having me, and um, I just love the conversations that you're having here and the ways you pour out um, into so many of us. Life feels so chaotic, (laughs) and so when we... um, find places where we can exhale, I feel like we really need to hold on to that. And that's kind of why I wrote my new book, Every Season Sacred, is to kind of offer that exhale because those of us, I mean, everybody is just holding so much. And you know this, and and we know Mm -hmm. this, we're walking through things in our own lives. Our friends are going through things, our neighbors, 
our country, our world. It's just so many layers. And then you throw trying to raise kids in a way that is compassionate and empathetic and not harmful while still taking care of ourselves. And then you throw the element of adding faith or spirituality. And it just feels like so much. And that's why um, I'm so grateful for for writers and for just people in my own life um, who offer that exhale. And I hope that that is something that every season sacred can be is just an offering of peace and invitation to rest and to wonder, uh, to care for your own soul so that you can care for the soul of the people that you're sharing your lives with. And so you can raise um, kids in a way that lives out your values and explores what it is to be called beloved by God and to love God and yourself and your neighbors. So that's kind of the the heart behind um, why I wrote Every Season Sacred because it's something I needed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I, I felt that um, exhale when I opened it up. And that was where I wrote my first question after opening the book. I just felt like this invitation to be present and not in kind of the like, everyone, you know, knows to talk about that, quote unquote, like really, it just felt like an exhale and to be present and to not have to strive that it's already here, you know, and that, that was just what I felt just automatically drawn in. So can you tell us about that, that heart, you know, the exhale that you want for parents, the exhale for parents trying to raise their kids with some experience of faith that feels congruent for them, um, about being present in our actual messy everyday lives. Yeah, I think that's so true. I can fall into this trap of thinking, you know, spirituality is out there or faith is out there, or it's something that, you know, you have to go to church for and then it's over. And then the rest of the day, you're just, you know, going from one thing to another and you have work and your kids have different needs and it's just one thing after another. And kind of what would it look like to pause and experience God in all of it, in, you know, going from school to practice, from hitting those work deadlines, from sharing a meal on the go, you're going through the drive through what would it look like in all of those different ages and stages from newborns to teens that are about to leave the nest and the own our own you know as parents we have different ages and stages and the way I'm parenting yes. now is not the way I was parenting you know two years ago and it's probably not the way I'm going to parent two years from now so it's just how can we take all of that and call it all sacred because I think that is the more I journey with God and the more I open up into my own wonderings of faith and experiences of faith, the more I realize it's right now, you know, and it's me getting in my own head. And I always am thinking forward, you know, and we all have kind of our own orientations to time, but sure. I'm always <laughs> thinking 10 steps ahead, right? And what does it look like for me to pause and say, where is God right now? How am I experiencing God in my actual life, in the hard, in the injustice that we see in the news and in just like the ordinary wonder and beauty and awe of experiencing life together alongside these incredible humans that are part of my family. Mm, gosh, I love that. I feel like um, 
you know, it's, it is important that we all do have different orientations to time. I do resonate. I with you, I'm always 10 steps ahead. You know, what's tomorrow and, and you know how tomorrow will be better and I'll be better and everything. Yep. I'll make everything better. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but you know, the idea that it's right now that you said so powerful, it gave me chills. That's a really powerful, just grounding faith statement. It's right now and that everything is sacred. I love that so much. Again, it's so accessible, you know, it's so um, accessible without, with still with some intention. Sometimes I think when I think of accessible spirituality, I get so overwhelmed with some of the things that have been put out there that I I live accessibly by not engaging with them. Oh gosh, yes, yes. You know, and, but you, you're, you've created this really this resource for us to feel an accessible way, but to actually intentionally engage. Oh, I well, it means so much to me that you say that because that is kind of the heart of the book. And it's something that I need because yeah. left to my own devices, if I don't have anything to rue me, then I'm just spiraling. You know, how yeah. can I possibly, you know, live out a life that is my values when it's, everything seems so hard or how do I, yes. you know, mm-hmm. so for me, um, my faith can be really grounding, but I have to remember, (laughs) I have to remember to breathe. I have to remember to, you know, have a breath prayer and just remember that, that God is with me right now, that, that my kids are experiencing God in their own ways right now. And that we're constantly being formed spiritually, whether or not we even think about it or realize it, there are things in our lives that are constantly Forming us, and so how can we root ourselves into some rhythms that feel resourceful to us in whatever season we're in? Uh, how can we root ourselves into some some rituals or some prayers or even just you know some connection um, points um, that that don't feel forced that are just kind of these unforced um, rhythms? That's kind of the hope of the book is to be invitational and to not be a how to, but kind of an a how a handhold, right? So as you journey on, flip through what will serve you um, and and don't hold yourself to any sort of, oh, I have to, you know, go through the whole book or the whole year, or an entire season or entire week. Like let it work for you in the ways um, that feel meaningful and right for your family in this time. You wrote in the introduction about the unforced rhythms of grace. And I, I love that. Um, passage. And um, there's such an inclusivity to the way that you invite, you know, people wherever they are, you know, in their journey and whatever their family looks like, whatever stage they're at. And I spent a lot of time talking to parents, um, you know, professionally and just in my personal life about the struggle of raising their kids with a faith experience more now than ever you know, that there is a huge disconnect I'm finding. And I've experienced it myself between my personal faith that has really, that really got me through seasons that I don't know that I would have gotten through otherwise. And trying to transmit that to your children or raise them in that, in a way that feels congruent with your values around justice, around inclusivity, um, that's not caught up in some of the problems with Christian culture. So, you know, Tell me about your, you know, about writing in a way for parents that are really like, I can't even tell you, I've just had a conversation recently with someone in my personal life. It's like, there's no devotionals. There's not, (laughs) can't find them. You know, it's really a thing. Um, So tell us about, you know, your heart for 
helping parents find something that they can interact with, that they can help raise their kids in, in a faith that feels really good to them or that they can make their own. I think that was one of the reasons why I kind of started thinking about these themes and how can I resource so many people in my own life? How can I resource myself in a way that feels accessible and true to the actual lives that we're living? That doesn't, that doesn't seem, you know, kind of cheesy or kind of like, oh, that's good for other people, but there's no way we're going to, you know, or the language doesn't feel true to our lives or whatever it is. And so I wanted to make a book and throughout the book, we never use the the word devotional because mm-hmm. I know it scares so many of us away, me included, mm-hmm. right? We've all yeah. read devotionals that just felt a little out of touch, right? Or didn't didn't align with maybe the ways that we have um, experienced God um, or just felt like it's tying a bow on things. And so instead of offering answers, I wanted to offer space to have questions and to be able to ask questions, you know, on your own and also with your kids. And kids ask such good and difficult theological questions all Uh the time. And what would it look like for us to say, let's let's enter that together. Let's enter that mystery together. I don't no. And what does it look like to say, I don't know, but let's wonder about it. Let's ask more questions. Uh, and that's something that has been a gift in my life, being able to let go of needing to have the right answers because there's so many answers that are not ours to have, right? If you, yeah, you look at right. scripture, I mean, there's a lot of mystery and nuance and we've missed out so much by and cheapened it so much by just trying to pull these kind of binary ways of thinking, these black and white, yes or no, this is the truth and this is not the truth. And I think it's so much bigger and God is so much bigger than we can even imagine. So in the book, it's split into, you know, four seasons. Um, I live in the Midwest and we have such a very clear seasons. And I have grown and learned a lot about myself, about my parenting, about my experience of walking with Christ in those seasons. And and the experience of faith is so seasonal too, right? We have this liturgical year and whether or not, you know, you're familiar with that or not, I'm sure we've heard of Christmas and Easter, right? And they follow a rhythm and we have Lent and we have Advent and we have ordinary time where we're just sitting in this kind of nothing big is happening. What is, where can I experience God just in my real life, in my actual life? And I love those rhythms. And so that's kind of how we just structured the book. But then in each season, there is a little chapter and each chapter has a reflection. And those reflections, you know, I mentioned before, I think a lot about forward thinking. Uh, But as I was writing, I was really shaped and formed and moved to think in the past and reflect on how I was parented and my experiences of being a child and my kind of experiences and reparenting myself a little bit. Um, And so all of that is shaping how I'm parenting in the present right now, right? And I started paying attention a lot more to what is going on around me. Why am I feeling this 
anger simmering? Or why am I feeling this sense of um, boredom or excitement or you know what I mean? And so as I was writing, I wanted those reflections to be an invitation for you, right? I'm, I'm sharing these kind of like little, almost like essays or mini memoir experiences and then saying, you know, what does that bring up in you? What, what memories does that stir up in you? So there's these reflections for every week of the year and they're not, you know, there's no dates. So you can easily find one, read it, put it on your table, go back to it and go to a different week whenever it works for you. And they follow kind of these seasonal um, themes, but then each section has a reflection, a breath prayer, um, some scripture points if that feels like a resource to you and you want to go find those on your own. Um, And then something I'm really excited about, which is these open-ended questions. So my background is journalism. It's really just an excuse for me to be nosy, right? Like ask all of these questions. Like you get to do that as a podcaster, right? We get to ask these questions under the guise of I'm working. Right. (laughs) But really they're these questions. They're not Bible um, study questions. That's not the kind of questions they are. They're very um, connective. They're more like prompts for how can we have a conversation, you know, and they're just for you to pick and choose, find the ones that will connect, you know, you know, your kids best, you know, yourself best and just throw it out there, throw it out there as you're um, driving to school, throw it out there as you know, you're getting ready for bed or you're on a walk or you're doing chores or maybe you're at dinner, whatever it is, just as a, a connective point, because and it's so many times it's hard to come up with those questions on our own. So I'm like, borrow these, shape these, you know, you yeah, have enough going that. on, you parents have enough that they're thinking about. And so often we fall into those questions of how was your day? Or did you have fun today? Or did you have a good day? Or how was practice? You know, these kind of like questions where kids are like one word, two word answers, especially totally as they get older, <laughs> they become teens, you know. So the, they're, every week has these questions that you can just kind of pick from, choose from, use them as prompts to journal on your own if you want. Younger kids might want to just color through them. Teenagers might have really interesting, you know, or it might just be something that you ask. And three weeks later, your kid is like, hey, remember when we were talking about that, you know? So I hope that those are a resource. And then uh, with To Light Their Way, that's a book of kind of modern prayers for parents to pray for their kids. But these prayers, each chapter has two sets of prayers, and those are to share, to share with the people you live with, to share with your kids. So there's one that's a little more accessible language for earlier developmental ages and stages. And then there's a another prayer that's a little more liturgical, a little more prose that you can share. So it's kind of a mix and match and they all, each chapter kind of has a different maybe seasonal theme or exploration. So my hope is that it's, um, that it's an invitation for parents and a resource for parents and not another to do because we all have enough of those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the way you've structured it is so, um, so much of an invitation to overlay it like a Venn diagram. No one else can see my hands, but Kayla, (laughs) you know, um, (laughs) overlay it with our actual lives. And, um, 
And I love this idea of questions as connectors. So I feel like one of the things that you do the opposite of is, you know, in sort of in toxic religion, I think there is, um, there can be um, a demand not to ask questions. And you ask questions as a connector is such a beautiful and um, I think personally um, a very faith grounding practice because it's not scared. It's not scared of the questions and it's, and it's inviting us to get to know each other and get to know God more by being okay with all the questions that come up. So I just, I love that so much. I've never heard of questions as connectors, as you put it. Such a good idea. Oh, go well, I, I hope so. I, I've seen that, you know, to use, you know, churchy language, but I've seen the fruit of that in my life with yeah. my kids. Yeah. Um, you know, during Advent, we were really kind of asking, like, where did you experience God? And where do we experience God in our neighborhood? And we started like going a little deeper. Um, and the things that my family came up with, I was like, thank you. Like you have helped me experience God by thinking of things Mm -hmm. and seeing things in a way that I never would have ever otherwise. So not only are we connecting with each other, but then I feel like I'm connecting with God and self. And it's just this like interconnectedness. And you know, sometimes kids are like, I don't know. And it's like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) That's real life too. But there are moments where it's like you catch a vision of something different and it's really beautiful. I just love that. I could talk about this for an entire podcast episode. <laughs> so I just feel like kids, you know, so often we we don't get to know our kids enough with the perhaps the way we were previously trained in in our faith, you know? And and this is a, a really a cool way just not only to get to know God more, but to get to know your kids more, which is just, you know, a win-win-win across the board. I love it. So I know that you you know you are a writer and you are a journalist and um, but you're also a mother of four, and so tell us about how your role as a mom um, influenced the writing of this book. And you know, there's a lot of care for the parents. There's a lot of just this beautiful idea through the book of nurturing the parents so they can nurture the children. And so tell us about you know about that and specifically your own influence as a mom of four. Oh my goodness. Well, I tell my kids like these words are are for you, you know. I know I I am hard on myself so much and so much of parenting, you know, a lot of us in this generation are kind of trying to rewrite the story, rewrite the narrative. Um even, you know, knowing that our parents often did the best that they could with what they had, sure, but absolutely. also we're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, write a different story and maybe um just parent in a way that's more connected or more nuanced or, uh, so I hope that these words aren't offering to them, but also an offering to parents that are trying, you know, and I think we're so hard on ourselves and so often, especially with social media, like at our fingertips, we think, well, if I was a better parent like this person, or if I had things together, why can't I offer my kids this beautiful vacation? Or why, why don't my kids 
act like these kids are, you know, it just starts to pile up. And I just want parents to feel like they are cared for as they care and as they're trying their best and as they're figuring it out and they're messing up and they're apologizing and they're figuring it out in real time. I think so much parenting would be wonderful if we just had a pause button yeah, and we could go and like figure out, you know, what we believe or how we can best integrate our our faith with our values. But what even is our faith and (laughs) and what are we holding on to and what are we kind of disentangling and all of these things. And then press play and go on. But that's (laughs) that's not real life. That's not what we have. How can we kind of nurture ourselves and nourish our souls in real time as we're trying to care? you know, for our kids. You're so right about parents, you know, are trying so hard and they're so often so hard on themselves. And it, it strikes me as one of the most, or I think maybe a parents, we would identify the most important role we will ever play. Um, but it's often one that we're not supported enough in, you know, if you think about, um, if you're in a, a corporate position, you might have a corporate coach, you know, or, or, a, an athlete, you know, you might have a, a private coach to work on something, but as a parent, you don't really have much to nurture you. And yet you're pouring out 24 seven. And, um, so I just, I love that heart, um, behind that. And, and I love the, the reminder that parents are really often too hard on themselves. You know, like sometimes if I have a a parent asking a question in therapy, I'll say, you know, a, a parent, um, that didn't care about their kids wouldn't be asking this question. Like you're such a good parent just by even wondering about what you're doing. You know, I just think that we miss, um, how hard it really is. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you talk a lot about rhythms and seasons and we've talked about that. I, I wonder if, you know, if you can tell me a little bit more in addition to the, the beautiful experience you've had where you live. Um, but just about the idea of seasons, you know, seasons and parenting. When I think of seasons, I think they're hopeful because a hard thing will end. But I also think they're bittersweet because they make us realize a good thing will end, you know. Um, so tell that us is about. Perfectly said. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. that is yes, that is exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that sort of heart in this, and 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 again, back to this idea that it's what were your beautiful words? I wrote them down. It's right now, you know, just the idea of seasons. Yeah. Well, that is. I mean, I'm so fascinated by time and our notions of time and the way that we mark the passing of time. And in parenting, it's like your kids go to sleep and you're looking on your phone and you're looking at these pictures and you're like, what? This therapy were just this small and I I missed it. And now they're this big. And what Mm -hmm. happened? And it's like parenting is this like constant change of time. And it's, it's never the same. And as soon as you're in one rhythm, it's, it's shifting and it's changing and your family is experiencing a new season. And so, um, I find it just like you said, you said it so well, it's hopeful because there are seasons, you know, January and February are such hard months for me. Everything around is just desolate. It's it's gray. It's yeah. cold. The beauty and the wonder of the, the holiday season and of Christmas and Advent is over. And it just feels so lonely. And, um, you know, some of us struggle with seasonal depression. And it just can be so hard. And in those moments, remembering 
somehow, no matter what, no matter what I do, green is going to sprout out and life is going to happen every year, every year. And that is such um, a tangible hope for me and in my parenting too, knowing this isn't going to last forever. This, this hard time that we are going through as a family or that my child is going through, this is for right now, but will not be forever. And, and that is like a, whew, a sense of perspective for me and a sense of hope. And it's very rooting for me. And, and then there's this sense of, you know, these these beautiful moments how do we how do we honor them in the present because time is going to change every year it's going to look different you know and that's something i talked about in the book is you can turn to it year after year scribble in the margins because every year your answers are going to be different from those questions your kids answers are going to be different from those questions and your experiences of god are going to be different and so you have these beautiful markings and passings of time as you journey on um and and so yeah seasons are just such a significant you know we see it in scripture right everything has a season and um we see it in like we said the christian year right we have these rhythms we have this very cyclical journey through time year after year season after season uh and then i think there's so much for us time after time mm love that. I love that. I love that reminder and that structure. And just even that, you know, taking that structure just into our lives more, more intentionally, you know, that's something that I'm taking away from this too. Just a couple more questions before we wrap up. Um, One of them is, you know, that you speak about sometimes untangling Christ from Christian culture um, or about reconstructing your spirituality. And I really love those terms that, you know, are your words and, and I, and I love the heart behind that. And I'm wondering if you can, again, knowing so many parents that I talk to resonate so deeply with their faith, they want to raise their kids with an experience that, um, invites them into that, you know, opportunity and experience, and yet they struggle with um, Christian culture. So can you, you know, as we start to wrap up, talk about reconstructing your spirituality or untangling Christ from Christian culture? Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's so hard. And there's so many of us in that boat coming from lots of different faith traditions and denominations and backgrounds. And we have experienced it firsthand. And there is hurt and there is anger and there is frustration. And all of those things are so valid and real. And we look, you know, around us and we say, gosh, what do I even believe? And those doubts and wonderings are real. And I would say they're holy, you know, that God is with us in those frustrations. And I think so much of what we hold is more about how faith has been weaponized than it is about our actual um, experience of God and, and trying to figure out, okay, when I think about Jesus? Am I thinking about him in terms of of one way of thinking, one way of interpreting that? Or 
is there something bigger, you know, and it's work and it's a journey and there is no, you know, finally you make it to this mountaintop and then you understand it all. And so I wanted to create something for parents that are struggling with that and are, and are tired of just these rote answers or, you know, a Christianity that is so small and so cultural and so um, just protective of, of us and ours and just um, so exclusive and all of these different things. I wanted to create something, not that I have any sort of <laughs> magic ball or magic answers, but just a space where you can be honest and that you can hold so many different things and that it's okay. And that Jesus, I believe, has been with me in all of it. And that um, Christ is bigger than I can even fathom right now. And that gives me a sense of hope, you know, in my parenting. Like, I don't have to have all the answers for my kids because I believe God has been pursuing my children. And God calls my children beloved. And God calls me beloved. And so I can... I don't have to figure it all out. I can journey along alongside. And so I I am right there, you know, if you're feeling that way, I'm right there with you. And there isn't I don't think we ever I think if we start to think we've figured it all out, that's where we have gone very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's a warning sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh I love that. I I love that. I love just just again how how much you invite people to be where they are and it's okay to be where they are and they can still engage with their spirituality and their faith right where they are. I love that. Yeah, and so so many people, you know, in 2020 stepped away from their churches and haven't gone back. Absolutely. And, and yet want to pass some sort of faith, semblance of faith on their kids. And so if that, you know, is you, maybe this is something that you can turn to and maybe, you know, take what you need, take what serves you, leave the rest. Um, and I hope that it's helpful. Yeah, I love that. It feels like a third way. You know, there's like maybe for some people listening, the old way that didn't fit. Maybe there's the new way that doesn't really participate in much. And this feels like, you know, one of a, a third way. You know, I love that. Okay, final question. What is one person or place or event um, or multiple persons, places or events that helped you become who you are today? Oh, so many. I um, At the very end of my book, I, I share this quote from Madeline Langle, and it's that we, everywhere we've ever been, every, you know, person we've ever met, every place, you know, we've gone is all a part of us. And so to try to even piece it out is so difficult because I know I am a sum of so many different people and places and conversations and the way other people have, you know, lived their lives. And I just feel so grateful uh, to have been formed by just, I mean, so many. And even in the book, I trust a book by its index in a lot of ways. And there's a very large index in every season sacred because I I'm just so grateful for the work of so many people, you know, authors and activists 
and researchers and poets and artists and real life people in my actual neighborhood. And I want to honor, you know, that and just be so grateful. So it's so hard to pick just one because I feel like, you know, it's just this great cloud of witnesses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that's an answer. That's a beautiful answer. The the multiple, you know, just all the multiple people and um, voices that have shaped you and shaped this book. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and thank you for being, um, uh, you know, for parents that want to, you know, engage in faith and raise their kids in their own faith, just, a a very safe, accessible, inviting, wondering, curious friend for those, for all of us as parents. I think that, you know, parents need support, as we said, and this is just such a beautiful, accessible and just kind hearted way to, you know, really not only resource them, but nurture them in that journey. So I really, I love that about your voice so much. Thank you. That's so generous. It means so much coming from you. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Kayla as much as I did. I'm walking away with so many things that I will be thinking about, including this idea of questions as connectors. I think so often we miss opportunities to get to know our kids more and to get to know ourselves more and even get to know God more through questions. I'm also walking away with the idea that everything is sacred and it's not in 10 days from now. It's not if I do X, Y, Z. It's right now. If you want to learn more about Kayla and all the work she's doing in the world and where to order every season sacred, we will have everything linked in the show notes. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit monicadecristina.com where you can sign up for my regular newsletter or follow along on Instagram. You can find me at Monica DeCristina. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Still Becoming wherever you listen to podcasts if you like what you heard here today. This episode was edited and sound designed by the team at SoundOn Studios. You can find out more about their work at soundonsoundoff.com.